Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. It goes without saying that we have all have gone through a lot of change and challenges and hardships over the years, especially during COVID. And I mean, remove COVID, we still go through a lot of ups and downs in life. And this episode is really for all of us, all of you who have gone through struggles. And the we'll be talking about the overcoming change and challenges and hardships with Mika Alexander. And we're going to be talking about her book coming right up. Welcome to the Mental Health Today show. My name is John Cordray and I am a licensed therapist and I am the host of the show and I am so glad that you are tuning in today. So happy that you are here. Hope you're doing well. And we're going to be talking about something that you might relate to. And that is a lot of change, a lot of challenges and a lot of hardships. And we have go through a lot and so we're going to be talking to someone here who has gone through a lot herself. Mika Alexander is an executive consultant and an entrepreneur. She holds a master's in counseling psychology from New Mexico State University and a master's in business administration from the University of Colorado. As a mental health advocate and enthusiast, a military spouse supporter, she is also a counselor turned C-suite business executive. And um, Mika divides her time between family, traveling, consulting, and operating her business, Tokyo Escapes. Mika is also the author of My Year Without Him, The Life of a Military Wife. Welcome, Mika. Welcome to the show. Thank you, John, for having me. I'm so excited to be here and to share our story. Yeah. And speaking of story, I would love to hear, tell us a little bit about you. And we're going to be talking quite a bit. Uh, about your book and and why you wrote it, but tell us a little bit more about who you are. Sure, of course. So I am a mother, a wife, a professional. I'm a licensed professional counselor, and I was a military spouse for 20 years. I love to travel. I love my family, and I am just really excited about sharing our story. I think there are a lot of challenges that we face, whether you're in the military or whether you are traveling for work or whether you're just trying to make a relationship work, right? And you may not be in the same place. So I think a lot of people it'll resonate with. So I'm excited to to share more. Yeah, I am too. We're, we're excited to listen. And so you wrote this book and it's really an intriguing title, My Year Without Him. And so I'm really interested in hearing a little bit more about that, why you wrote the book and how did it come about? So interestingly enough, I did not write my book to write a book. (laughs) So that wasn't my intent. So as I said, I I was a military spouse for 20 years. um, And my husband, he was a pilot in the United States Air Force. 
And of course, you remember back in the day when we were heavily in the desert in Iraq and Afghanistan, and he was heavily deployed and we were having children and our careers. And so I thought the last year that we lived overseas, he was actually deployed to Afghanistan again, but this time as a commander. So he was gone for 15 months. And so I started journaling. So that is how my book came about. It really was a journal of my thoughts. And I thought to myself, I wonder if people would be interested in this. Because I don't think there's a lot out there like my book. And I don't say that to be braggadocious or anything like that. I just think that there's always a story on the other side when there's a service member or someone that holds an executive position and they're traveling all the time. There's a whole, usually a whole family on the other side. And so I wrote my book to kind of provide people a glimpse of what, what we went through that year, even after having lived the lifestyle of being apart for as long as we had. So I wrote it. And then interestingly enough, when the pandemic occurred, I hadn't published it yet. And I was thinking about publishing it, but then I didn't. So I waited a couple more years and then my family pretty much just pushed me. Mm-hmm. They read it and they said, mom, you've, you have to publish this. Like people could relate to this. People have to know what the military is about. And they think they were, my kids were very much about, I think this could help a lot of people that are just going through challenges, like how you mm-hmm. overcome and how you get through. And there's so much in the, in the media and the news about resiliency and mental health and taking care of yourself and all that. So, so yeah, so that's how it came about. So I published my book uh, this year and it's been a journey for sure. It's been, it's been somewhat emotional, but I think, I think cause a lot of we, it's our personal story, right? It's very yeah. intimate. And I talk a lot about our family. So I think I'm finally at the point where I can talk about some of the things that we went through because they were difficult. Well, let's talk a little bit about that, if you don't mind, some of the difficult times. Uh, And I cannot imagine being without your spouse for 15 months. That alone is a a challenge and hardship. And But yet life goes on and you had kids. And what were some of the trials that, if, if you don't mind sharing with us during that time? Sure. So our so we have three children and at the time when we when I wrote the book, we had our oldest son was a senior in high school and then our middle daughter was in junior high and then our youngest daughter was just finishing up elementary school. So I mean, there was a variety of challenges. Our son was literally doing his last year living overseas and then we were, we were slated to move back to the United States and then he was going to go to college. And just that year of not having his, his dad and him like kind of coming into adulthood, right. Getting ready to launch. That was, that was for sure challenging. Although as much as I think I worried about him, he worried about me. (laughs) And there's many points in the book when I don't think he's watching me, but he is. Mm. And he's taking care of me. And it's just, it's really, it's interesting because I didn't re- I didn't realize it until after I journaled. And then I went back and I read it. I was like, wow, he was listening. One, one time I had outpatient surgery. And so I was home 
And I couldn't figure out why he didn't, he didn't go out and hang out with his friends, but that's because he wanted to stick around. He knew I couldn't drive. He's, he, even though he didn't say, mom, I'm going to take care of you. He did. So Hmm. that's one challenge. And then for me, I mean, I was a, I was an executive on the base. I was part of the leadership team. So I was very involved in the community. And at the time, we had about 12,000 airmen and their families living on that base. So really, for me, juggling my work, as well as raising three children, even though they, were, they weren't babies, but they weren't, by, they weren't to the point where they could take care of themselves. So that was always like always changing my schedule, accommodating them, but then still doing my job, right? I mean, I had to do my job. So there was that there. And then our youngest towards the end, not the end, but towards the, like the middle or so of the book, she was really struggling with mental health issues. I could sense it. I didn't know, even as a professional myself, right? Having been I've been a mental health counselor and a substance use counselor for over 20 years. So I have the, the clinical, clinical ease, whatever you want to call it. And I could sense I was hovering over around her because I could sense there was something going on, but I couldn't put my finger on it. And she ended up going into the hospital for her struggles with anxiety and depression. And mm-hmm. That was challenging. It was Mm. towards the end of my husband's command. And I'm not going to say everything, but let's just say he came back and just kind of navigating that with our daughter, who at the time she was 11. Mm. So, and I think, I think you yourself know that a lot of the mental health struggles that we're seeing here and other places somewhat residual from the pandemic is young, they're getting younger, right? People are yes. struggling at an earlier age. So that whole thing was, that was challenging for us, for sure. I mean, I, for our whole family, because we, my other two kids, they could kind of sense it as well, but they didn't know what was going on until she ended up going into the hospital. And it just, it's like, how do you, I mean, she was 11. She was still a kid. Yeah. I mean, there's great therapy, right? For teenagers and adults. And Mm. how do you talk to a kid about why they're anxious, why they don't feel good about themselves? And the thing is, we were were a very loving family. Mm. We're no different than anyone else. Love our kids, give them opportunities, try to be the role model, all that. But it's still, it was definitely, definitely challenging. And I'm glad to say now she's in a very different space. Hmm. I do think part of that was us rallying around her, our entire family and extended family and the community there. We were living outside of America. So our resources were really connected with the military. And so, and we actually, that the whole struggle occurred and literally my husband came home and then we relocated back to the States. And then Alex launched, uh, my oldest, launched to college. And then we, we, we actually ended up living apart again after we came back to the States. Hmm. So I'm sorry, am I talking too much? <laughs> no, this is great. So I just want to inter- interject here that life kept going. Hmm. It, was, it didn't pause. 
during right. 15 months that your husband was deployed. And life is hard. And I think your story, what you were talking about, can resonate not just to military families, but also to single parents. And life is it's, it's very difficult when you're trying to raise kids and every child is different and they go through so many different things. And, and you mentioned your daughter who was 11 and, and, and really struggling with depression and anxiety. Uh, I, I worked in a school for about almost four years before COVID hit and, and my contract wasn't renewed. But when I was in the schools, I, I did realize and see a lot of kids struggling with anxiety and depression at a very young age. And you're exactly right. It is starting very young and it's not necessarily, it's not always a reflection of the parents. It's just a lot of things that, that can go on and it can, in a little young person's life and they don't know how to process it sometimes. And so, yeah, I can definitely resonate with that. And with your daughter, I'm glad that she is doing better now. Now you can look back on that time and be thankful where she is. And I'm sure she learned a lot about herself during that time as well. She did, for sure. And she's very much an advocate for people. She's 16 now, and she's very much an advocate. She recognized that in her peer, recognized, sorry, recognizes that in her peers. So if she sees some of her peers struggling, she will, she'll come home and she'll talk to me about it. She'll mm. say, is there anything I should do, mom? Should I take them? Or she'll text me and say, I think I'm going to take this person to the counselor. (laughs) So she's able to really, she's learned a lot about herself. And we've learned a lot as a family. I think, I think when one person in your family is struggling with mental health, it affects everyone and everyone kind of has to get on board. You know what I'm saying? Whether it's going to family therapy or whether it's recognizing, Hey, we can't do X, Y, and Z because it's going to cause too much anxiety for our one family member. So maybe we just do X and Y. It's pulling back. It's, it's, and our family, I mean, they did it. They yeah. did it. Yeah, they did do it. And it wasn't easy. You know, you're reliving it now because you're talking about it, you're sharing the story and these emotions are coming out. And I think that's what makes the, your book so powerful because it was a journal. You didn't really intend to be an, an author necessarily of a book, but you were sharing your heart and your emotion. And I think that comes out very clear. And it's interesting that you wrote it as a journal. So tell us a little bit more about the book and even. Like, how is it formatted? Because is it a, a just a series of days of the journal or how is it the book laid out? It's actually, so what's interesting, so I was journaling and then I went back and my husband and I, as I said, he was in the Air Force for 20 years. So what I did is I pulled emails. I have 20 years of emails, hmm. which was quite a lot, <laughs> um, you know, because that's how we communicated usually um, before, you know iPhones and FaceTime and all that. So I pulled those out and I, I inserted them throughout the book so people can kind of see, put it into context. Yes, this was 15 months that we were apart. And as you said, life went on for both of us. But really over the last 20 years, we've been apart a lot. And 
there's been times where we could talk. There's been times where we couldn't talk. There's one part of the book I point out that when he would get... Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Into classified situations or some of the things you see on television, right? He would, he learned early on to call me and just say, Hey, we're not going to talk for a week. I'm okay. I can't tell you where I'm going. I don't know when I'm going to be back, but I'll contact you when I do. Which, I mean, that sounds kind of scary right? mm-hmm. to the average person. It's what are you talking about? So it's really a lot of the book is about our relationship and just the things that we learned going through all those years of being apart and still making it work, like still making our family work and our careers and school or whatever it was. We learned a lot about each other. And I think in a way we got better at it, if it Mm, makes sense. Yeah. And I do think that the struggle, like with our daughter, I almost feel like we were somewhat prepared because we had already been through so much Mm. as a couple. Mm -hmm. We had already, I can remember when the kids were young and we were, the United States was heavily deployed to Iraq and Afghanistan. This was probably the years like 2004 till about 2012. And I can remember their dad coming back and us standing on the tarmac when the plane pulls up and they all descend from the plane and the kids have their little signs, Mm -hmm, welcome mm -hmm. home dad and the flags. And, and like when he would leave and come back, a lot of times we didn't tell our children until right before, Mm. because what we discovered is if we told them earlier, it would create a lot of anxiety. Mm -hmm. Those are, that's one of the things we learned. And then especially when he would come back, I wouldn't, because it would always change the mili- in the, with the military, it would always change. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, I'll be back on this date. And then he'd call me and be like, no, it's got pushed a week. So literally like the day of when he would return, I would pick them up from school and we would go meet him. <laughs> wow. So you've learned to, to adapt and overcome and learn from the constant change. And For sure. That's that's so so much of resilience of life. And there's so many people who are listening to this may not relate necessarily because they don't have a family member in the military, but they can certainly relate to a lot of change that can happen without them when change happens that we know about, that's one thing. But when change happens when we don't know and it catches us off guard, that's hard to pivot sometimes. And so what you're mentioning is that you, over the years, you've learned kind of the hard way Hmm. of how to help your children, when to tell them and when to hold back and not tell them everything. 
Oh, and for so, sure. So that that's something that I think can be very useful for parents, especially when they're going through change. What are some things, if you don't mind, just talking about more about the change and, and some things that you would recommend and things that you have learned over the years? How do you work through change that you can't control? Well, I think it's really important that you, and as a mental health professional, I'm sure you know this. I mean, routine is important. People do well with their routine. They can, you know, they can sustain change um, if they, obviously, if they know it's coming, but if they have the tools and the capabilities and the skills to cope with it, right? I mean, here's the thing. Whenever he was away and let's say the news was on, right? And I had to guard my kids because I'm kind of, I'm somewhat of a news junkie. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll admit it. So I like to have the news on, but then I was always very cautious about how much the news would be on because as they grew older, they would pay attention. And there was all that news about the desert and, oh, there was a crash and, oh, there was this. And people would call us and, oh, is he okay? It's, they don't even know. Like they knew he was over there. Anyway, I really think it's, I really think it's digging deep and kind of pulling out those, the coping skills and the things that you know work for you. Like I'll give you an example. One of, so one of my children, they want to know things in the moment and they're somewhat emotional and reactive, right? My other child, another child, I will say my middle daughter, she's very factual and realistic like her father. <laughs> so she wants to know, but then you just really just need to let leave her alone. And like, she'll process and get to where she needs to be on her own. You don't need to just kind of knowing that about people. And I think when you're in a family or extended family, or even a work family, you see how people react to things, respond to things. So I think you can be an advocate for people being their best selves, right? And learning how to kind of dig deep and be able to cope with the change and know that it's not constant, right? You're going to have these Mm -hmm. changes, but then you're probably going to go back to your routine Mm -hmm. that works for you. I mean, just think about the holidays coming up. It does create a lot of anxiety because people go Mm -hmm. see families. They may be estranged from, they may feel pressure, all that kind of thing. Some of my family members, I know for their own mental health, they they do and they go see some of their in-laws or um, extended family, but they'll only go for a couple of days because they know it brings them so much anxiety. Mm-hmm. They want to get back to their routine. Yeah. So, and their routine is where people feel comforted. I mean, you can't always have it. No. But I think it's definitely key in kind of re- regrouping yourself. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I I think you're exactly right. The routines that we have are really helpful for us when we go through change, and to recognize that change is not always fun, and oftentimes it's terrible. Uh, but to tell it and remind ourselves that it's only temporary. Most change is temporary. Usually, there's there's a light at the end of the tunnel, for sure. And, and so that's helpful. And to tell yourself. You know what? I this is hard. I'm going to get mm-hmm. through it, and and just tell yourself it's hard, 
It's not fun. It's not easy, but it will get better. Tomorrow's a new day. Next week is a new week and get back to the routine. And I I think that's awesome. Well, and I think that, so I'm, before I met my husband, I was very career driven. I mean, I still am, right? But I never thought I would marry into the military per se, live the life that I've lived where you pick up and you move literally Mm -hmm. every two to three years, reinvent yourself, find your own community, new house, all that stuff. But what I tell people is some of my friends that have known me for years are like, Mika, how do, I don't know how you did that. Like, how did you do that? And I tell them, you make sacrifices, right, for people you love. And I would rather make the sacrifices, which I did for my husband, because of the person he is. Mm. And, and the other pieces, and after we started having children, I knew they were watching. There's what's the option to give up and to be sad and all that in front of your children Mm -hmm. or to dig deep and, Hey, we're going to get through this. It's going to be fine. We're going to do this. We're going to do some activities. One thing I did learn is whenever he would come back, come back from being deployed, come back into the family, right? Transition back in. I, at first I was always like, Hey, let's go on a trip. <laughs> He's so I just got back and I'm just like, yeah, but I've been waiting for you. The kids want to go somewhere. Let's do this. I realized after the a couple of the deployment, I'm like, you know what? He just wanted to be home. I'm like, oh, because you've been away. See, I've been at home, <laughs> but you've been away from home. So I realized, and so over the years we figured it out. We're like, okay, he'd come home for a week and a half, and then we would plan a trip for three or four months later. And that would give everybody time to like transition dad being back. Because I do think, I do think when you have children, you know, there's roles that people play, right? And my husband and I, we had some traditional roles and we have some non-traditional roles. So, I mean, even with the dogs would have this whole thing about when he would leave. And it's, especially the male dogs we had, they'd always start to kind of nudge me around, kind of like on the leg and, hey, Hey, well, the alpha's gone, so I'm gonna. No, you're not. But I'm sorry. I'm sorry, John. If I digressed, I no. It's you bring up a really good point because when there's a change in in the home, there's a dynamic change, mm-hmm. and all the way down to the pets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and you're right. And so the, these are things that you don't always think about whenever there's an absence of somebody is that dynamic change and how that affects the entire family, even in the subtle things, even in the things that you, it's hard to articulate, there's a change and everybody knows it. Everybody feels it. And it's important that you bring some attention to it, verbalize it and let everyone know, Hey, it is awkward. It is a hard time right now, but we're all going to get through it. We're going to get through it together. It's not going to be easy. So you're not candy coating it. You're telling it like it is, but you're also saying we're going to be okay. Right. And I think it's how do we used to do things like get together with other family members, obviously, where one of their spouses was gone and their children and we'd have, we'd go out and kids eat free somewhere and we'd go with our like 10 children. (laughs) (laughs) They'd see us coming, just doing things like that. And, and and just talking about mental health, here's another example. They used to have this program, or they, they still do, I think, where if a spouse is gone, 
then they would provide daycare for your children for six hours on like a Saturday. And you could, and they're well taken care of. You didn't have to pay for anything. And then you could go out and just have your like mental health time. Go to the, go get your nails done, go shopping, do something with your friend, something like that to kind of take care of you and regenerate and re-energize you. So then you go back and you pick them up and you're like, okay, I got some time to myself, which doesn't happen a lot. And now I'm ready to get back, get back at it, which I think is really important. A lot of organizations these days are doing things like mental health days. Mm-hmm which I think is fantastic. I mean, obviously you don't want people to abuse them, right? But I think just having that reset sometimes can really make a difference Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no no doubt, no doubt. Well, our time is running to an end here. So I appreciate you, you sharing with us your story. But tell us, where can we find your book and tell us the title of it and where we can find it? Sure. So my book is called My Year Without Him, The Life of a Military Wife. You can find it at Barnes & Noble or on Amazon. Or I have a website and it's theauthormika.com. So that's spelled M-I-C-A, theauthormika.com. And I would encourage anyone listening to this, if they know somebody that is going through challenges or is in a new relationship or is overcoming something, or obviously if they're connected to the military, I'd really encourage you to share my book because I want people to know there's hope when we we all have a journey, right? Mm. And how we get through it. It's important to share our stories and encourage each other. That's because I think that's, that's the right thing to do Mm. is to encourage each other. Yeah. You're exactly right. So make sure you go to, whether it's Barnes & Noble or Amazon, look up My Year Without Him, The Life of a Military Wife by Mika Alexander. Make sure you go and look for that. You can also go to the show notes, go to mentalhealthtodayshow.com, and it'll be there as well. And Mika, thank you so much. Before I let you go, though, I do have one last question that I ask all of my guests, and that's about self-care. And I talk a lot about self-care and how important it is. So what are some of your favorite things that you do for self-care? Well, I have a long list. (laughs) Uh, Pick your top three. (laughs) My top three, first would definitely be exercise. Being active is very much my stress reliever, my space. I can just be by myself. Secondly would be to like phone a friend, talking to my friends and or having dinner with them. That's always awesome. And then probably third is just to kind of snuggle up with my family, even though I have older kids now, but I'm looking forward to Christmas because we'll, we always watch certain Christmas movies and mm. just kind of having that, that time with them and snuggling on the couch and just chilling out and not being on their phones. <laughs> like everybody, like we could just enjoy having time together. Those are probably my top three. For oh, that's sure. great. That's great. Thank you for sharing that with us. Well, thank you friends for listening. I appreciate you and I want you to continue to work on your mental health. As Mika had mentioned and talked about that you're going to have change. You're going to have challenges. You're going to have hardships. And that's part of life. And just keep working on your mental health and Whenever you experience those things, 
try to remember that it's for a time. It's not going to last forever. And just get back to your routine. Try to find that routine and what you find joy in doing. Well, thank you again for listening to the Mental Health Today show. And remember, the Mental Health Today show has been championing your mental health since 2015. Thank you, friends. Take care and bye-bye. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.